The wellness revolution starts now. Hello, I'm Dr. Steve Hotze, and welcome to Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution. Today, we are pleased to have a wonderful guest to interview about her work with the Foundation for Life. Emily Ponte, thank you for joining us Doctor, today. Thank you so much for having me this today. Emily Ponte is the executive director of Foundation for Life, which was established in 1976 as a way to provide help for young women who were having problem pregnancies. And as you recall, in 1973, the Roe v. Wade decision legalized the killing of unborn children in the womb across all, all times, at all, at all points. And of course, there was a big reaction to that in the pro-life movement, which gave birth to the pro-life movement, of which Foundation for Life is a been a very in, intricate uh, part of the movement here in Houston and across Texas and even across the nation. So I might say if my mother and father, as well as Dr. My mother and father, Ernest and Margaret Hotze, uh, Dr. Michael Donovan and Mrs. Donovan, as well as um, who was the other founder of uh, that? Lewis Berry and John Hubenek. Right. Lewis Berry and John Hubenek founded this. <clears throat> they founded Life Advocates in 1973 to stand politically against the killing of the unborn. And in 1976, they established Foundation for Life, which provided maternal services for women that had problem pregnancies and were really considering ending their pregnancies. Emily Pontes worked with them for a number of years and in 2018 became the executive director of Foundation for Life. And I wanted you to meet her and hear about the marvelous story that they have in promoting life value, Christian life value. As you know, as Christians, we believe all individuals are created in the image and likeness of God, and because of that, they have dignity. And we must respect that um, and, and protect that life. That's what our job is, is to protect life, and that's part of the Ten Commandments is, Thou shalt not kill. And that would surely apply to those that are unborn and in the womb. So, Emily, thank you for your work. Tell us about the work at, uh, at Foundation for Life and what you all do. Oh, Dr. Hotsey, again, thank you so much for having me today. And uh, thank you to, to your parents and to you especially for being such an, an amazing legacy to what your parents saw all those years ago. And what they did was they saw the humanity. They saw the dignity of the person. Um, they started the, with the grassroots, and as I was explaining earlier, every time someone would come up to them, I know someone, or I'm going through this, can you help me? And the organization evolved and created the first maternal assistance program. And tapping onto what you just said, we see the face of Christ in every person we meet. I mean, that, that end of story, that is what we see no matter uh what we see, because you know this is a very dark age. It it's is. a very dark age. It's a very dark culture. So that actually seeps into how a person lives their life and the the, the people they come into contact with. But it, it doesn't matter. Like you just said, every person, we're all made in the image and likeness of God. We all have dignity. We all have worth. And that's who we see, the face of Christ. 
and we hope that they see the face of Christ in us. So we, we're their sounding board. We, we listen to what's going on. How do they hear about Foundation for Life? Googling. It's this new generation, what they're doing. They're, they're in such a dark place. They're in such a dark place, a broken heart, broken relationship. They've been kicked out of their home, um, human trafficking, sexual, domestic, you name it. We see the, the, whole, the, gamut, the right? whole gamut of human emotion and the worst another person can do to another. And so they're Googling, and our number pops up. And it's probably because we're one of the oldest in the city. So whatever they're, they're typing in, our number pops up, and they call. Uh, I want an abortion. Or this is what happened. How can you help? So what the team does is they just talk them through and get them to the point that they can actually hear and say, look, this is the serv- these are the services we provide. They're all free. Uh, thanks to the donations of, of the community, your support, uh, and, and we couldn't survive without it. That's what keeps our doors open. But it's like, look, these are the, the what we provide, free pregnancy tests, free ultrasound, free maternity and baby items for little ones up to the age of three, and just a place of non-judgment just so you can come and talk to someone. And they come. And they just start unraveling. They just start talking. They just start, like, it's like peeling back an onion. If you, you know, it's one layer, then you get to the other. And it's never about the pregnancy. It's never about the little one. It's always what they're going through. And then they themselves will, will say, you know, I know. I'm not living the right way. I've made really bad decisions. I'm not going to keep, you know, I, I don't want to have an abortion. I'll keep the baby. And then some are in a dark place, and, and they walk out the door, and we just hope that the seed that has been planted will, something will come. Something will come out of it. And do we win everyone? No, we don't. But what usually happens and what does happen is that the ones that walk out the door, they'll call us either that later that month and confess that they made a very, very bad decision. And they'll, they just want to talk to somebody. Or for their next pregnancy, they'll come back to us and say, you were right. I should have never done what I did, but I'm coming to you again. I'm in a better place. And the only thing we can tell those, those young women is that, you know, ask God for forgiveness, forgive yourself and just keep moving forward and just raise your children in the right way and teach them to say, I'm sorry, teach them to say, I love you, teach them to say, thank you, teach them all these foundational things that our society seems to have forgotten sometimes. Well, as we've drifted away from a biblical base of our country and the Christian base, mm. it's it's really led to a, a lack of any moral foundation. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, you have the evil one just trying to strip away right. goodness, truth, and beauty, and that is God. That's right. So tell us with these girls... Um, What's a big turning point? I know we have the ultrasound, so tell mm-hmm. us how. What kind of difference is the ultrasound? And that's folks when they when a, when a mother comes in, they can do an ultrasound, and the mother can literally on a screen there in the office see the right. unborn baby, in its form. So tell us about that. Oh, what and it's a huge difference. I mean, and now you've got the big uh, discussion of Senate Bill Eight, which is the heartbeat bill, 
But seeing that the little the Texas mar- bill. The, yes. Yeah, Texas yes. bill, heartbeat bill, which is the most uh, protective um, legislation, pro-life legislation ever passed in the country, and it's working its way all the way up to the Supreme Court right now. So that's that bill says that as soon as you see a heartbeat, nobody can kill that unborn baby. Now, we don't believe they should be able to kill the baby at any time, exactly. but this is, you know, the heartbeat happens in about six weeks, I think. Correct. And so most women that would want to go in to even think about having an abortion, they're going to be, there'll be a heartbeat by the time they get to the clinic. And so doctors are, are, um, are prohibited from performing uh, the killing of the unborn at that point. They can't do that. Correct. And so, but tell us about when the women come in and you say, well, why don't you just have, how do you get them to the point for them to see an ultrasound? What is the response usually when they see the ultrasound of the baby? Well, it's, it's two it's two ways. One is the, you know, trying to get the client to, to see us as an alternative. That what we're trying to do is in, in a, a loving environment, just A, verify they are expecting, verify that the pregnancy is viable, and let, let's talk about it. Let's see what this means. Let's really just together, let's just talk. So we have those women that come in, they're, they're we call them uh, abortion-minded. They're kind of like on the fence. And then once you get them to talk about what is going on in their life, then they see the little one on the screen because what we do as part of the the um, case management is get them to see their own dignity and worth and this child and no matter who it is no matter across the world this little one is an extension of the goodness of not only the mom but the dad too it is the best of who these two people were at the moment the child was conceived i mean that's that's just fact I mean, granted, there are all of those hard cases that, that are extremely, you know, the, the rape victims, uh, right. uh, human trafficking, all. But at the end of the day, it is still an extension of their own goodness. And that's how, that's part of the conversation. And then they go to the ultrasound and then they see that it, it makes an absolute difference. What, what kind of response is it? Oh, they start crying. Oh, my goodness. They, they, they start crying because. Uh, again, they like see I, their baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's really emotional. It's emotional for Connie, who, who is our sonographer. It's emotional for them, and it's emotional for the members of the team, because they know all the circumstances surrounding this. And we were talking about you were mentioning the um, SB eight, Senate Bill eight. Uh, I wrote something for our, our supporters that I'm hoping that this bill becomes a real conversation. I mean, we've gotten to a point that as a society, as a culture, that abortion is seen as a contraceptive. And it is, it's not. It really isn't. But our society sees it as a contraceptive. Some in society. Rather, rather, better said, better said. You're absolutely right, which is madness. But then beyond that is the fact that uh, when, when two people are together to have a little person, it's because there is an act of intimacy, but our society isn't talking about that. You can't just be, you know, like, like a little bee here and there trying to find the right person or at a party or this and that or, uh, 
or inebriated or this, that, or the other and just lusting. No, that's not love and that's not a relationship. But our society doesn't even talk about that. That's the underlying tone. That's the, that's the uh, not the issue, but that is a big chunk of it. Our culture really says, okay, what's good for me at this moment? That's right. What's good for me right now? Let me see. No, it doesn't work that way. So then you have this um, um, act, this intimate act, and then you have a little one. And it's like, no, let's go ahead and do the abortion. It's like, no, that is not, it's not the way it's done. That is not good. That is not healthy. That is not. What percent of the women coming in there have been self, uh, sexually trafficked? Oh, my goodness. We have, um, I should have had those numbers. We have quite a few. I wouldn't say it's a high number, but we've had them. We've actually had them. We've had um, a client. We've had several clients who have come in. They, they, It's the oddest thing. Uh, you have this administration, who's, but we won't get into that. They were talking about root causes. You have clients whose families, because they happen to be the prettiest girl in town. If you can, I know it's kind of like beyond how we think as Americans, but you have the prettiest girl in town that catches the eye of the drug cartel, or the 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 leader of the city who isn't a very nice person. So we've had that where the families actually will send that girl over here to save them, but in order to get here they have to basically go and meet some really unsavory, horrible people that are more abusive than, than what they're leaving down there. So it's really very sad. We've had um, those cases. We have people that are, they bring their, they're working here, they're living here, and they, they bring their little ones who are now older, and they bring them over, and um, they get attacked on the way over. And so they come to us because are you they're saying, Are you seeing more of that now? Than, yes, absolutely. Uh, we had um, for when the border when we had the border crisis early in the year, um, the hospitals and clinics were giving foundation for life as a resource. So we were having a ton. Uh, when I say a ton, hundred more than hundred calls a day from uh, clients who had seen our name and number that had been given our name and number from the hospitals and, and were most of these Hispanic. They, oh yes, they were directly from coming across the border. Yeah. Yeah. And they were they were calling because they they had unwanted pregnancies or they were pregnant. Or they, it was both. They had they were um, they had they thought they were expecting, or they were pregnant. Or they needed maternity and baby items because they were already expecting that, which is why they were across the border. Mm -hmm. It's, it's um, yeah, this whole issue uh, across the, it's a tough one because you're talking about the dignity of each person made in the image and likeness of God, but then you have people that abuse what that even means mm -hmm. and exploit what that means. And so it's it's a really hard conversation. How many people on an average per year are seen by Foundation for Life? We, How many ladies? We, have, we see about 600 ultrasounds. So that means they're expecting. That doesn't include all the pregnancy tests we see because not everyone is expecting. So I would say like close to seven, 700. 
Last year was kind of an anomaly, obviously, uh, because of um, what the country and the nation was going through, but the team was still working remotely, and they were answering those calls. And I can tell you as I'm sitting here as we're talking that the clients would call because they were freaking out over they were expecting, remember, they're in this relationship, they had, and then they would fight with their their husband, their significant other, and then they thought they were expecting. So they would call because they needed an abortion. They weren't going to take this. They weren't going to stay. They were blah, blah, blah. And so the team would say, look, right now we, we're trying to get our PPE. We're trying to get back so we can see you. But just, just you know, tell me what's going on. So they would talk to them. Those ladies came. Those ladies actually came because they wanted to see the lady who had spoken to them on the phone. Is that amazing? Yeah, that is wonderful. (laughs) No, that's got to be, to me, that's got to be a tough job counseling. You know, when you're getting women that are calling in thinking they may be getting services to take the life of their unborn child, and yet you're on the other side trying to bring them back to life. That's got to be emotionally draining it is for the team just keep them keep them all in prayer because they try they we start the day in prayer they end the day in prayer if there's a hard case they always come and they talk with one another so that the person is lifted up um, during that session but it really is about the good of the person and being the face of christ and truly seeing the face of christ and it it is it is draining because you hear the the worst Mm -hmm. Of, of the worst. We had a grandmother. Um, well, I'll just share this with you. The The daughter was seven months, but they didn't know that she was expecting. They were furious. Um, they didn't even know, but the grandmother was calling. My team lead got her to agree to an adoption. So the little in three days, the little one was placed. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. I mean, all this this kind of work it truly is, um, is is God's work, and and I can't thank you enough for for the gift of your parents because you're talking about 73, 74, 76. That's a long time ago to have that kind of vision to see the need to actually deal with these direct client services. Right now, so tell us. How, if someone would like to support the work, and this would, this helps, I presume that there are the, are the counselors there on, we, we pay them, they're on salary, right? Yes, it, yes, there so were, there were, yes. What you'd expect, to, so we're supporting the work by supporting the counselors, you and the directors and the people that run the organization, plus we supply all kinds of. Diapers, maternity clothes. Um, clothes for the little ones. Our mommy and me coordinator, Melba, makes sure um, that there's clothes and things for the older children because it's never just the newborn. That's the crisis, that they have other children who are older, that they're living hand to mouth. So we try, she tries to have things for them too. And they have clothes. cribs and mattresses yes, and all Yes, that. all diapers those things, diapers, strollers. Formulas and all that for the kids. It's for sensitive tummies. Right. Because a lot of our clients don't realize that because they have a, some of them have WIC, which is a state program, and but it's a particular formula, and some little ones their little you know their little stomachs don't like it, so right. it has to be sensitive. But then needs a doctor's prescription, so we try and get them to that point. 
It's just a matter of encountering the client, the man, the the couple, and just seeing them where they are and saying, you know, at the end of the look how amazing you are. You are here. There will never be anyone before you. There will never be anyone like you after. That's it. You are you. And that's what makes you special. So once they see that about themselves, then they begin to see the miracle that that is the the little one they're expecting. For those that are listening that would like to participate with Foundation for Life, how would they do that? Oh, thank you. It's uh, they can go to our website, foundationforlife.org, from Foundation for Life, all one word, dot org, or give us a call at seven one three six eight two five four three three. And we'll put that on the screen. So look on your screen, and you'll be able to see how to be able to contact Foundation for Life. And I want to encourage each one of you here as we approach the holiday season. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and, uh, and going into the new year, consider making this part of your giving program, a tithing program to help those in need. And um, I would highly recommend you doing that. And I know you'll be blessed when you do that. Go to the website, look at the work of Foundation for Life, and join with me. I've supported Foundation for Life, I guess, as long as I'm as long as I can remember. It says as long as you, since you were a little guy, and then as you got into college, you were helping your mom at the, right. you know, all, right. yes, yes, yes. So um, it would be, it's an extension of our family's heritage to help uh, in the Foundation for Life. And I'd like to invite you to join us in supporting Emily Ponte and all the wonderful people at Foundation for Life. Where are you all located, by the way? We're located off 290. Uh, between Mangum and 34th, literally in back of Captain Benny's. Those are the directions. That's how we tell our clients together. Just look for Captain Benny's. We're in this two-story building uh, directly in back of that. That's well, us. Well, thank you again for your work. And thank God you, bless sir. You, thank you Emily, so much. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Hotsey. Physicians Preference Pharmacy is a compounding pharmacy specializing in custom-made prescriptions made especially for you right here on site in our compounding lab. Compounded medications offer a unique solution because you're not one size fits all and we believe that your medications shouldn't be either. You may require a dose to be made that is not commercially available or you might even be allergic to an inactive ingredient in a medication which may present a barrier to treatment for you and requires it to be made without that bothersome ingredient. Your body has unique needs, which means that you deserve a customized approach. So if your medications aren't helping you feel your absolute best, then consider speaking with your doctor about having your medications compounded today. Information provided on this program is neither intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to replace the services of a physician, nor does it constitute a doctor-patient relationship. You should not use information from this radio program to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. If you have or suspect you have an urgent medical problem, promptly contact a professional health care provider or call 911. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution advises you to always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider prior to starting any new treatment or with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Any application of the recommendations from this program is at the listener's discretion.